Till 5. Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I'm also with Nikki. Hello. How's it going? Good. It feels good to be back. We took a we took a week and it was nice and I feel ready. Ready for yeah. this. I've missed this. Yes, I know. It's it's a weird when we take a, a longer break than we're used to because it's refreshing, but also a little sad and weird. But it also, it, it's suddenly winter now. Um, I, I don't know if you feel that, but I, I feel you... like the last time we recorded it was summer, now it's winter. <laughs> yeah, last night, I think, was the first night I was like, I might put the heating on. It's just I'm getting really there. cold. I mean, yeah. it's all about the blankets now. I mean, I'm covered in a blanket. I'm literally sitting here Me like... Too. We've blanketed up for today's episode, I think. We've got a special episode with a special guest today. But before we get into that, maybe yeah. we should have some news because it's been a little while. Well, then I'm sure we have news. So news time. So we have one big batch of news today, which comes courtesy of our friend Dan from the Real Life Ghost Stories podcast. Um, as some of you probably know, we do a lot of like streaming and video game stuff with Dan. And the exciting thing that's happening in October is he is doing his 31 Games of Terror, which he did last year. But this time we're having a few events throughout the month. And the first event that's kicking off October, because obviously October is spoopy month, mm-hmm. is our Drunk by Daylight, which we've done before, where we all get really drunk. So Dan, me and Steph and a few others um, play Dead by Daylight and there's a drinking game with it. And we all just get really drunk and get murdered or murder each other. It's a great time. And that will be on the 2nd of October. So that's Friday, this Friday, actually. And then on the 10th of October, well, actually the 9th to the 10th, we're doing a 24 hour charity stream. So Dan has amazingly organized this charity stream, which is for the charity In Aid of Calm, which is the leading movement against suicide. And so what we're doing is basically we're almost doing like tag team streaming of horror games throughout the, I think it's midday Friday to midday Saturday, all night. And you can donate which is awesome. And the donating website is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash 31 games of terror. Um, We'll be putting links up and everything for this before the time anyway, so you'll be able to find it. But yeah, so exciting stuff for October. Yeah, there's all lots of cool stuff and lots of good cool stuff as well, which is cool. But yeah, like Nikki said, it will be all on our Twitter and Instagram posts and things like that. So just keep an eye on those uh, if you want to take part. Yeah, that's our news for today. Awesome. Wonderful news times. I guess it's on to the main feature. Yes. Yeah. So in this week's episode, we're talking all about our top five indie games with a special guest from one Dan to another Dan. We're talking to Dan from the Greatest Story Ever Played podcast. Hi, Dan. Hi, thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Anytime. We were just on your podcast not too long ago. That was really fun. Again. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Beyond Two Souls, right? That's what we did. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was a good good episode and a good reminder of what that game was because it's been a really long time since I'd played it. So we've got uh, indie games for this uh, week's episode. If you've never listened to us before, we have lists of top fives. There's a clue in our name. And uh, we were going to have top five between me and Nikki and then Dad's going to have his own top five and then we're going to discuss and contrast and all those fancy words. Yes. 
Yeah. I'm very excited for this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have any crossovers actually today. It's difficult. Oh, but if we do, this guy chimes in. Oh! Beetle, beetle sounds and lets us know that we've all fucked up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully that might not happen. Uh, we don't have to scramble about things. Um, but indie games, indie games are always an interesting subject. There's so many indie games now, I think, compared to a few years ago. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah so this was quite difficult to choose for me anyway. I don't know how you guys found it. I thought it was tough. I was a little... I'm, I'm worried either that we won't have any crossovers, which will be good, or mm. we could have a lot if we all kind of like the same one. So I'm a little worried yeah. that like we might get a couple Beatles, but hopefully uh, we're safe. Yeah, I had to like keep Googling the to make sure it was an indie game. I found that these days it's so hard to tell. Um, but I think I think I nailed it. I think I got actual indie games. Nice. <laughs> I'm not coming in with a triple A, don't worry. <laughs> Just like, I like Skyrim. <laughs> God of War is my favorite indie game. <laughs> it's hard to tell now because there's weird divisions of indie games mm-hmm. where you have like triple A indie mm-hmm. as a category, and it's like that's just a mish of the two. Like, where do we put that? <laughs> right. People are so inconsiderate about our podcast and our like categories that we need to come up with. <laughs> All right. Um. So let's get into the top five. I'm gonna play the top five drop. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? Oh, a three-headed monkey! Oh! Let's go! I forgot to turn the drop down again, so I'm apologies if anybody's eardrums just exploded. It's too late now. <laughs> well, <I said> sorry. <laughs> Anyway, I think uh, it is even my turn to go first, so I'm just going to keep talking. This is just going to be a lot of me. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> my, so my number five uh, for the top five indie games is a game called uh, The Stillness of the Wind. Have you guys heard it or played it? No. Okay. No. I'm coming out with a weird one then. Good. Um, it's... <laughs> it is an odd little game. It's not very long. I think you can play it on... I have it on uh steam but i think it's also on like mobile and uh switch it's on a lot of things uh it's by a company called memory of god or lambic studios and it was only released last february so it's fairly new um in it you play as a small old woman called talma um and it's quite wholesome you're just kind of there by yourself looking after your farm you've got chickens and goats you can make all the cheese you want. You can make yourself a cheese empire. That's pretty much like the basis of the game. It's just a lot of like point and click kind of interaction. So it's just like go here, milk the goat, take milk to cupboard, turn into cheese, that kind of things. Um, you can tend to crops and do some foliaging things and you have to like water them and things. Um, as you kind of go along, though, I think you kind of realize it's not so much like a, it's not like a Stardew Valley. You're not, your purpose is not to make the greatest cheese farm ever. Um, it's more just like a nice little story. I say nice. It's quite a melancholic game, I think, um, about this old woman who has been left to just continue her life and look after this farm. Um, you kind of realize you get letters each day. You're visited by like one man who turns up and yells at you and you can either buy stuff from him 
or if you don't buy anything from him, he'll still give you a letter. And then at the end of the day, you can read that letter. Um, and they're from, generally from like her family, um, oh, so nice. like her sisters and things like that and her kids. Um, but as the kind of letters go on, I like that you've said this, this is nice. As the letters go on, they get become increasingly more disturbing about oh. the news of the city and oh. like the state that's going on. And I won't uh, spoil like what's going on, but they generally become a little bit more um, worrisome these letters um but really your narrative continues on the farm like nothing really changes on the farm um there's some weird dream sequences in there that i still don't fully understand um but it's nice it comes into like this nice little uh game of a couple of hours where it's like what it's like to be old and on your own live and, on a farm. and living on a farm which is i feel like where i want to be eventually i was gonna say this to me just looking at the description of this game on google it just looks like you this is a game about you when you're old. <laughs> There's a goat and a cat <laughs> and some chickens. Just me wandering around making cheese. <laughs> getting letters from people that don't want to talk to me anymore. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's good. Um, it does get a little bit dramatic in places. There are wolves that can attack your goats, um, but you oh. get a shotgun. So <laughs> an old lady with a shotgun. <laughs> yep, old lady with a shotgun. This is amazing. Wow. Yeah. This game has everything. Right? It's, it's <laughs> great. <laughs> Generally, though, it looks it looks amazing. Like, the way that they've done it. The environment yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's, like, not very big. You literally don't really leave your little area. Um, you can wander out of, like, the little gate that's around your farm. Um, and you pick up things and you reminisce about, like, when you were a kid with your brother or when you uh, had your children with you and doing stuff. So you get like little snippets of her life and stuff like that. But um, yeah, mostly it's just very much centered on this one area, but it's quite a pretty weird looking little game. Um, but yeah, I would recommend it. It's a good, it's a nice game for sure. Did awesome. uh, did you know what you were getting into when you got it? Did you think it would be like Stardew and then you were surprised or did you kind of know what was going on that you were getting into? Um, I don't think so. I think I thought... Um, I didn't think I was getting into quite like a Stardew thing, but I wasn't expecting mm. such a like heavy narrative for sure. Um, okay. I thought it was going to be a bit more like lighthearted. I'm an old lady just kind of having a nice wholesome time. Um, but it does kind of take a bit of a turn, but I kind of liked that about it rather than it just being this wholesome game about an old lady farmer kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah, it's a yeah. nice game. It says it's defined on Google as a survival game. And I don't know why that just tickled me. <laughs> I guess there are elements of that. Like, you have to put her to bed every night and you have to feed her like she needs to cook. And you can only cook things that you forage or the chicken eggs and stuff like this. And then sometimes your chickens, like, you have to buy hay for your goats. And so if you don't, buy any Die. hay off the little man like you're not gonna have any cheese so you won't have any cheese to buy or sell is it possible to kill her that's what i want to know not saying that i want to but i just want to know if i ever play this game can i accidentally kill the old lady straight to death like can i murder this old woman <laughs> and after the fact that you've told me it's me great um <laughs> Uh, I don't. Well, know. it just says survival I... game. So normally, when you read survival game, you think, "Well, shit, you've got to survive." But I, mean, I maybe... don't know. I'm just wondering. Maybe you can. I didn't try. Funnily enough, so <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, that's fine. 
<laughs> Maybe when you play the game, Nikki, you can murder the old it's woman. Probably, I wouldn't murder her. It would just be probably accidental. I'll get like eaten by wolves or something or a trip up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I wondered if you could get attacked by wolves, actually. It was quite creepy when they appeared. Mm. So I'm not sure. But no, that's a great pick. It looks like a really cool game. I'm definitely interested in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a good one. And I don't think it's very much ever. And it's not very long. So if you don't have much time, um, it's worth checking out. Uh, I didn't find any facts, though. But there is, I think, a whole documentary about it and the person who made it on YouTube that's about two hours long. So oh, wow. I haven't watched cool. it, so I cannot tell you if it's any good. But maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my that's my first first one from me and Nikki um so I guess it's Dan it's on to your number five okay awesome um I don't know if this was the case for both of you but I found finding facts for my games pretty hard yes uh, so hard. some some of them I have some but some of them I don't so uh just as a forewarning for everyone uh but so my first one is uh what remains of Edith Finch um nice, nice. I chose this. The reason it's ranked lower is I'm 95% sure I shared this on the show last time uh, for top (laughs) games for beginners, so I didn't want to overhash that too much. But um, it's a great game. If you haven't played it, it is uh, a walking sim where you explore this old crazy house that has like all these strange additions on it. And you basically find out about a family that has a a curse probably on it because they all have unfortunate stories. Um, (laughs) And uh, the gameplay in it's pretty cool. It like, I don't know, switches how they tell each story in pretty unique ways that I thought was cool. Um, But yeah, that's, I, I would say the game in a nutshell for me personally, this is my favorite walking sim by far. Like I've played quite a few of that genre and this one really stands out as something pretty special. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think for us as well, whenever we've talked about it, it's always felt like a really special and interesting game. Yeah, I adore this game. So I'm glad it was mentioned again. And Joe, you know I, I completely forgot about this one. Um, and which is probably good because there was no crossover involved. But um, <laughs> but I do find that the like sort of walking simulators and sort of quite simple games like that, they don't have like too much sort of complex stuff going on are often underrated. And for me, like this game stuck with me for a really, really long time and I love it. Uh, and I am going to think replay it again at some point soon, but I've had to sort of like give myself some time to kind of forget it a little bit, but yeah, it's a fantastic game. So I definitely recommend it. Yeah, definitely. I know, I know what you mean about it staying with you. Like for me, I will always remember the fish section. Oh Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. the fish section just is ingrained in my brain. I remember like the bath one. I don't know why, but that weird bath scene. And I mean, I guess it's because it had quite a dark undertone to that one. I think that's why I remember it um, quite a lot. I guess it's that, yeah, it's just so, it's so weird, but it's so brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it really is. Those, those both really stick with you. You're just like, oh my gosh, these are really like heavy, but inventive ways to show you those things. Like, yeah. And make yeah. you like be part of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely it. It's like a very uh, artistic and interesting approach to those weird emotions or storytelling, for sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like the, they've had to kind of really think about how to portray something that's really dark and quite sinister, and not something that you really want to be able to look at or or see. But they do it in such a way that just it it sort of takes the story onwards, but it doesn't. 
I don't know. I, I'm trying to. I can't really explain what I mean, but it's portraying a really dark thing in a almost like a light-hearted way, mm-hmm. which is, sounds weird in itself because obviously it's not a light-hearted thing. But the way that they're doing it just seems to just be perfect in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't come across as dark when you're doing it. I think until you realize. I think that's the thing with the fish bit for me is it yes. doesn't feel very dark like that, that you're talking about or that they're trying to portray anything as dark as they are and then it kind of clicks and you're like oh 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 i get where the yeah is. And it dawns on you and you're like yeah. oh god <laughs> what is yeah. happening <laughs> yeah nice i know you said you struggled to find facts for any of these uh areas dan did you manage to find any edith finch facts uh i don't have any new ones i think on the games for beginners i might have had a fact or two but i don't remember what they are now <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so if, you, um, if you're desperate for facts people go listen to that episode <laughs> <laughs> did they recently release it on the switch i feel like they did i don't know why this might be complete and utter lie i think you are right i think it is recently on the switch maybe i'll repurchase it and play it on my switch because that would be quite cool i think nice yeah that'd be cool so does that mean we're on to my number four i think so if you're good dan yep good so this brings me to the question of what do you guys define as an indie game i know we should have done this at the beginning but this one i'm a bit scared of putting in because i'm like i'm pretty sure it's an indie game but i get a bit nervous um oh it's a weird thing to try and define there is probably like let's see what google says (laughs) yeah that's a good uh let's see what the definition of indie game is because i'm worried that people are going to come for me well it is an independent video game or indie game is a video game typically created by individuals or smaller development teams without the financial and technical support of a larger game publisher okay well i'll pitch this to you all right so my number four is a recently released game which i'm pretty sure you've probably both seen me playing on the switch because i have you as friends on there um is spirit fairer now this game is mm. defined as an indie adventure game and developed by the company Thunder Lotus Games. And so everywhere like sort of describes it, but on their website, they describe themselves as something which just got me a bit worried because they describe themselves as they design AAA games with an indie heart, but I don't think they're a AAA studio. No, so what I think they're trying to get at uh. um, is like, there is a weird subsection in the industry now that's kind of appearing of things that are kind of classed as AAA indies. So mm. they're kind of saying that they get some backing and there's a lot of time. Basically, I think they kind of want to put across the fact that they're not going to get painted so much with the indie brush even though they're technically an indie studio okay kind of makes sense if you know what i mean like it's like a uh it's a very well designed thought out thing with a team of people um they're taking like a triple a approach i guess is the way to talk about yeah but dan you didn't have spirit fair on your list or anything did you i didn't i haven't played it yet but i really want to so i'm excited to hear you talk about it (laughs) yes i won't give away any spoilers or anything but i'll sort of talk about the general gist of it so it was released this year and in the game you play as Stella. So it's a it's funny actually that we're going from your game, Steph, your number five, to this, because this game's also kind of melancholic and a little bit sad. Mm. Because you basically pay play a fairy master to the deceased. So you're a spirit fairer. So you, in essence, are a little bit like um not the Grim Reaper, 
but you're like a ferryman who transports people that have recently died to the river Stye, or I think it's Styx or Stye, I don't know, in Greek mythology, um, which actually sounds really, really dark and it's not what you expect because especially when you look at it, you sort of go, oh, like this game is about death, but it just looks adorable. Um, and what you effectively do is you sort of have your boat, which is obviously like your ferry where you ferry the dead, but you uh, you can like have the spirits come onto the boat and you can build them little rooms and you cook them food. And their obviously eventual journey is to go through the gate and then sort of go into the afterlife. But there's nothing dark about this game, you know, going to the islands and traveling around because you're effectively, it's a little bit Wind Waker-esque, I guess, because you're in your, your boat. It's all 2D though, so you don't like, sort of, you can't see straight off the back, it's just along. And, you know, you pick up your spirits, they come on and you also get to like farm, mine and fish. So it's almost like a, it's a little bit of like a farmy kind of crafting game, mm. but also it's, it's, it's really hard to like explain the purpose of it because the, I guess the main purpose is you spend time with the spirit passengers, you kind of feed them, look after them and then, and then just let them go onwards. You can hug them as well. Hugging them is adorable. Um, the animation of like hugging is just it's just cute and and yeah it's it's one of the weirdest games i've played in regards to the to the plot and the sort of basis of it but something about it is it's just really lovely you know death is not an easy thing to kind of deal with but this game weirdly makes you feel a bit more comforted by it not that this happens in real life you know we know that people don't get on a weird magical boat maybe they do who knows <laughs> but it's it's something very moving and emotional to kind of be a part of it in this game. Yeah, it seems like a very wholesome take on, like you said, quite what could be quite a depressing mm -hmm. subject. Yeah, because yeah. nobody like none of the spirits like really talk about the fact that they've like died or anything. You know, often some of them will, will know the main character. Um, which is actually quite sweet and quite humble, I think, because obviously, like, Stella is probably not alive, obviously, because she's a ferryman. But to sort of be interacting with people that, you know, maybe you've, she's known in a past life, and they're all in animal forms for some reason. I'm not quite sure of the world. Um, but, yeah, it's it, the music as well. Like, I often play it before bed because it's really relaxing. That's awesome. I heard it's kind of like a emotional animal crossing of sorts <laughs> yes yeah it is actually that's a nice way to describe it and, and it also has kind of like that stardew valley element to it as well in the sense that you can kind of like grow some crops and and cook some well i suppose you can't cook some, actually you can cook some value what am i talking about um and like some <laughs> you know mining and stuff and just some exploration it's it's one of those things i guess it's the exact same thing actually for the for the two games that you guys have just spoken about it has very dark undertones that creates like a light-hearted kind of emotional journey from it. I guess because you're getting to know the passengers, that's quite a nice thing. Like there's been a recent spate of games at the moment where it's uh, a bit, um, I guess things like Coffee Talk and mm -hmm. those kind of really uh, mellow games where a lot of your purpose is just to talk to people. But it's it's nice. They seem to do it in a really interesting way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, it's just being able to kind of come out of your world a bit and go into another and you can just have conversations and just chat and just hug, just hug these cute little animal guys while they go on their way to crossing over. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, but I, I really, really recommend it. Um, I do it have some facts. Sorry, it sounds on. really great. It seems like a really great game. Like 
yeah. just when I'd heard about it coming out, I was like, all right, putting this on the wish list, like watching for it, like it sounds really cool and it does seem to kind of combine things I would like. Like I really like the, I don't know, Animal Crossing or I haven't played Stardew, but what Stardew would be like, like that kind of yeah. stuff. I really like that, but then this sort of emotional side on the other end is it seems cool. Like uh, I don't know, a light, a more lighthearted side to death or whatever, like you talked about, which is kind of cool. Like you know that. I don't know, saying goodbye doesn't always have to be awful or something like that. And yeah. Kind of bringing I'm, that, like, that's that's pretty cool. Like, uh, it's cool that they found this, like, spot to put a game, like. Yeah, it's it's really nice. And it's also, it's good that it's quite low effort. Like, it's not, it's not so much so that you feel like you need to go on it every single day. Like, something like Animal Crossing or Stardew where you get really addicted. It's a really nice one just to pop in and out of. Um, and you can kind of always pick up where you've left off generally like it's just a real really easy one to play and it just kind of like relaxes you and despite despite the dark undertones yeah it's just it's it's a good one i think it's good for me at the moment where i don't want anything like too heavy to get sucked into that's awesome i've got some facts i started off with no facts and then i found too many facts but i've shortened it to a few (laughs) so in the game there's something called the ever door which is effectively like the gateway i guess where everyone kind of goes finally um but apparently it resembles a a real life thing which is now i'm going to say this completely wrong um it's german uh the ratzenbrook in azalea and rhododendron park Kramlo, located in galblenz germany um and the bridge also known as teffelsbrook meaning the devil's bridge which creates a circle in its reflection much like the everdor does in the game so there's obviously like real life things which is cool and the other real life thing that they have going on is so obviously I mentioned like the spirits and how they're all kind of like animals. Well, it seems that some of the animals in the game are based on real life game members who unfortunately have like departed. Um, and one of them is Atul, which is he's like a, like a frog guy. And apparently he was based on one of the team members departed uncle, which I think is actually really sweet. And mm. there's also two other characters which are based on like the lives and personalities of the creative directors. Nicholas Guerin's grandparents, which is just, I don't know, there's just something really lovely about it. And they sort of recreated these family members that are kind of going through the same thing of passing over in a game. I think it's Mm. really, really sweet. That is really cute. Uh, It must be a nice way for them as well as developers uh, and as people, I guess, to get, have a, have an area where they can put that kind of thing. Yeah. It's really sweet and the other thing as well is apparently this game was originally meant to be online um and it was going to be like one person per ship um but i think they were also going to have something where they had two people and it was going to be like a brother and a sister and maybe you could play with like two people um but apparently they, they ended up not doing this and not having any kind of online accessibility for it i think they just maybe just ran out of time and it was just a bit too complicated but it would have been cool to have to have like a, an online aspect. But I think personally, it's better as a solo journey. I think like a solo experience. Yeah, I can't really imagine it being a an online thing. No, but oh, I forgot to mention, you do have a cat. It's not a spoiler, but you get an awesome cute cat companion. Aha, uh-huh. the real reason why it's Nikki's favorite. <laughs> that doesn't win you over. I don't know why. <laughs> Unless you hate cats, in which case. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, that's it, really. That's all I've got to say. I, I I can't recommend it enough, to be honest. Nice. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's on my, like, short list of next few games I'm going to buy. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I really want to play it. Yeah, same. So, we're on to your number four, I think, Dan. 
All right, cool. Um, this one is taking us in a lighthearted direction, which is probably good. Um, probably. <laughs> um, so my number four is Donut County. Have uh, either of you played this? Nice. I haven't. No, no, I've seen it, but I have not played it. So this game is really silly. Um, the premise is uh, you control like a hole in the ground and as you swallow things, the hole gets bigger and bigger and you swallow everything in the level. And so <laughs> that's, that's basically the game is that you're this, uh, hole and you just swallow each level. And then the people that you swallow fall into the hole and inside the hole, the characters are arguing about how they got there. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, I think similar to spirit fair, you play as uh, a character who's, a girl, and I don't remember her name, but her best friend's a raccoon, who is the one who caused the holes to start swallowing all Amazing. the stuff. Yeah. Of course it was That's the best description of a game I've ever heard. <laughs> it, it's totally ridiculous. It's it's really silly. Um, and it's short. It's like two hours. I think that when I played it a couple months ago, I just like sat on my couch one Saturday afternoon or something and just laid down and played it straight through and on my Switch. And it was great. It was like... Uh, super enjoyable experience and one of the more like sillier fun games that I've played. I, I don't play a lot of silly fun games, but uh, this one really like stood out and was really enjoyable. I have to ask, is it really satisfying to swallow levels? Because just looking at the pictures of it, I just feel like it would be. Yeah, it's pretty funny like doing that. And uh, like, I'm not someone who likes puzzles really, but the puzzles in this are pretty easy. So I didn't have really any problems. So if you're someone who's puzzle averse, you'll be fine. And if you like puzzles, then you'll probably like it anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So there's like parts of it where it's like, oh, I need to like figure out how to swallow this thing. So I get big enough to swallow the other thing or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. So sort of deal. So yeah, it's, it's pretty satisfying going through and doing that. So that's pretty fun. Um, and, uh, I've got one fact. The, the fact that I've got is that, uh, it's, it's developed by a guy named, uh, Ben Esposito. And he actually made this while he was working on uh, the game The Unfinished Swan, which is uh, the first game from the Edith Finch people. So, oh, yeah. I like that yeah. Game. Yeah. So kind of cool, like, because that game's pretty creative as well, I would say, like, just yeah, how definitely. stuff goes through there. So it's cool kind of seeing he took what he learned there and then has this other thing he made. And uh, I don't know. Pretty fun stuff for sure. And I think it's like seven bucks or something like that. So, like, you, or or maybe 10 something like that it's pretty cheap so definitely a, a good like two hour experience for sure nice awesome. yeah i've seen you know when you like look at a game's like cover art and you're like this seems like the game for me and it's just i think it's the girl and the raccoon looking at the hole and i'm like mm -hmm. yeah it's got a <laughs> raccoon in it i'm sold i feel like it was also on xbox game pass at some point and i think i was gonna get it um but i think i might have to definitely get myself involved in this now just from that description alone <laughs> yeah i think i even had a copycat game on my phone where it was like you were a hole and you had to swallow some stuff but it was like a competition between you and some other players um oh. to swallow everything or like the most stuff on a map but it was definitely one of those games that was like a ripoff like i knew about donut county and i knew what it was and then i saw this game and i was like well I mean, it's a total ripoff, but I'm going to play it because I haven't bought Donut County yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly satisfying just to be like, okay, I'm going to swallow all the villagers. This is funny. 
<laughs> kind of like uh, Katamari when you're just like absorbing everybody into your giant ball of stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's a cool game. Did you, any facts, or is this a difficult to find fact game? Yeah, the only one I had was about working on Unfinished Swan at the same time, kind of thing. Yeah, nice. It's interesting that that developer seems to really enjoy like making odd but interesting ways to do their games. Yeah, I recently played Unfinished Swan, and oh, nice. I got to admit that that's a bizarre game in itself. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't know if you've played it, Steph. Yes, I've played it. Yeah, but yeah, now I, I can kind of I can now you said it, I would never have put those two together, but now I kind of now I can kind of understand it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's such a creative way to do that. Like you're, I don't know, and even seeing their evolution of Unfinished Swan to Edith Finch, like I don't know, they're clearly really smart at like figuring out how to write things into gameplay or something. Like I, yeah. I don't know, it's just I, I feel like a lot of games could end up just be walk around and you'd experience those things, but they make you be a part of them in like interesting ways which is i don't know pretty cool yeah definitely it's a very cool cool ideas nice okay then um so i guess we're on to number three for us yep. Which, yes which i think is yours Steph. it is and i am going to talk about uh the banner saga i don't know what this is either you know okay this one yeah. i feel like you'll recognize more than Stillness of the Wind. Um, so the Banner Saga is, it's uh, like a tactical role-playing game. It's like a grid one. Um, similar to things, I think I've not played it, but I think like Fire Emblem games um, have the same kind of like almost top-down, everyone's on a grid kind of movement and everyone has a slightly different power. It's kind of like that. Um, this one is inspired by Norse mythology, which is very cool. And it follows basically like a caravan. And by that, I mean like a traveling group village of people in like a long line. Um, Cause we're talking about like old kind of like medieval looking times um, as they travel across the country. Um, and then they have to, there is a story that goes along, but the main thing is around, um, there's a thing called the dredge. Um, and they're kind of like almost animatronic-y like stone people that hate humans and you're basically a caravan of humans and a couple of giants um again norse so it's all that kind of thing everyone's got beautiful beards um and things like that which is really cool um it's a it's got lots of interactive story element type stuff which is really cool so it's like uh, making decisions will have uh effects on your choices and the way that the story kind of plays out um and some of those aren't always immediate, which is quite cool. So you'll make a decision in one village and then you might not see what that did until, you know, a couple of villages on. Uh, as well as things like during your travels, you'll get to make decisions about the caravan and who you kind of meet and what things you do. So things like um, you'll meet like a group of um, thieves and you have to kind of decide whether you want them to join you, which will probably improve your caravan's defenses. But also you could turn them away because you're thinking, well, these guys are just going to rob us in our sleep and kill a bunch of people. Um, so it's a lot of uh, choice and effect kind of stuff, um, as well as managing your supplies, because you've only got a limited number of supplies and those have to like feed your whole caravan and the village. And then they also have to help your fighters um, when you go into battle. You only take like a group of about six of you into battle and you can choose different characters out of that. Um, 
So there's a lot going on to this game. There's a lot of factors. Um, but the gameplay is really fun. It's just very, like, like I said, um, a bit Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, like, slowish turn-based. But um, the animation and stuff, all the characters, like, all hand-drawn. Same with all the villages and stuff like that that you go through. It's almost like animated film level yeah it looks cool like i was just looking at the character design and stuff and it almost reminds me a little bit disney-esque i don't know if that's the right description but the way that they look the way it's almost like like old school disney not like nowadays disney um yeah i really like it i like the art style yeah definitely so one of my facts actually um is about the art style and that is that there is a character um named i'm not gonna say this right it's a avid avid e y v i n d Evid. um and it's named after <laughs> the artist evan earl who um worked on sleeping beauty so if you look at the oh. backgrounds of this game and then if you look at the backgrounds in the disney movie sleeping beauty you'll see that art like style is just super good i feel less stupid for saying disney now no it, <laughs> it, it, exactly it. you nailed it <laughs> awesome wow but it's very cool there's lots of like nice norse mythology stuff going on um and there's a couple of bits of the heavy storyline that happen, and there's now a sequel. I think there might even be a third one out. I've not played two, but I have it in like a Game Pass list. I think they were all on Game Pass. Um, if you haven't played them, but I think I also had it on like Steam and all sorts. I think it's across a lot of different platforms now. Um, awesome, looks interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a very good game if you can if you're not super into the slow paced kind of fighting style you might struggle a little but i don't remember there being loads of fighting i remember it being more a case of um i don't know more on the story side of things and the the traveling across the lands and stuff but yeah so i think my only other fact that i managed to find for this one and this was like the only facts that i managed to get for my games um was the one yeah about the sleeping beauty artist and then also um, their composer, uh, Austin Wintery, for the Banner Saga. Amazing. Yeah, so he used adaptions of Norse proverbs and poetries, as well as lines from the games itself, so like different lines and vocal lines and stuff they said, um, as vocals for several songs in the game soundtrack. They were all done in Icelandic, which is apparently the closest language to Old Norse, so it sounds in that kind of thing, which was very cool. Awesome, yeah, because he's the music composer on Journey and maybe some yeah. few other things as well. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, I did not tweak that thing. That's cool. That's awesome. Nice. But yeah, it's the Banner Saga. I recommend checking it out. It is a good game. Uh, it's been out for quite a while, so I think it should be fairly cheap. I think you can even buy bundles now of all of them. So if you want to buy like the whole trilogy, you can do that. I think on Switch. Um, I think it would be good on Switch. Even though mm. it would be good. Uh, but yeah, so that's my number three so i guess that means dance onto your number three all right uh my number three is emily is away too uh have you played this either of you i don't think i've even heard of this one so do you know what i think this is on my list of games that i need to play because just thinking off the top of my head yes yeah so this is on my list of games to play never played the first one or the second one but i'm excited to hear about it okay cool so uh, i guess for the first one this is a the first one's an easy way to check it out, but uh, the first one is called Emily is Away. Uh, it's the same type of game, uh, but it's free on Steam, so you could just go play it, and it's probably awesome. like nice. an hour or something. It's maybe less. 
Uh, it's not very long. Um, but then they made a sequel, Emily is Away 2, and it's the same type of game. So what it is is like a an AOL instant messenger like chat simulator type thing. Um, and so it has you interacting like from, I don't know, maybe senior year through like the start of college or something like that with friends. And so the decisions you can make can kind of impact what your relationship's like with uh, the person. So in Emily is Away 2, you chat with uh, a girl named Emily and you also chat with a girl named Evelyn. And so they're different from each other. And so as you get to know them, you can like move towards either a relationship dating wise or like best friend with either one of them or like that sort of stuff. Um, but it's surprisingly good. Like it really, really, really feels like what it felt like to be in high school and like chatting mm. on AIM. I don't, I, I guess you guys probably didn't have AIM, but I'm assuming you had something similar. <laughs> we had uh, MSN Messenger. Yeah. Okay. I think we also had like AOL Messenger, like in the beginning of sort of the internet times, but then like more with your friends, you, yeah, it'd be MSN, I guess, wouldn't it? Okay. Cool. Yeah. I felt like it really hit the nostalgia of that time. I remember like in like, I don't know, eighth and ninth grade or something like that. It's like once I'd get out of school, I'd go home and then I'm just like chatting with my friends. Oh, on yeah. Instant yeah. messenger, you know, way too long, all day probably. And then like yeah. <laughs> go see them in person late at school <laughs> yeah. the next and day hold, or something. Holding up the dial up. So it was just like all the phone. So no one yeah. could call your house while you were on MSN. Uh, I missed those days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one could use the phone, and you're just like I don't know, chatting about bullshit for hours. Like, yeah, <laughs> but but you really feel like it's important. Um, <laughs> yeah, life and death. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It really hits the nostalgia for that time. Something that's cool in uh, Emily is the way too. So uh, being a sequel, it's basically just like a more souped up version of the first one. So like in the first one, they'll like talk about music or movies they like. Like oh, have you seen this movie or did you do you like this band? But in Emily is Away 2, when you talk about music, you actually get like YouTube links sent to you and you can go and listen to the actual music. Uh, like, oh, that's on, very cool. Yeah, I don't know how that got incorporated, but so like in it, like um, Evelyn's like more of like the punk one. So she's into like census fail and like shit like that. Uh, and like Taking Back Sunday, brand new, like that sort of stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, Emily is more like the indie one, so she's into like Sigur Ross and like Manchester Orchestra, like stuff uh, like that. And so it's cool. kind, of, yeah, it's kind of fun. Like you can, uh, you know, whatever, chat about the music you like or whatever with them, and like, and, and they'll call you out, I guess, if you don't listen to it. Like <laughs> when Jordan and I played, <laughs> Jordan like got sent the link and he was like, this is dumb. I don't want to listen to this music. So he just lied and said like, oh yeah, I listened. And she was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't click the link. And he was like, ah, shit. <laughs> but <I know. laughs> yeah, really funny that got called out. I didn't know the game would have that. I listened to all the music because I kind of like all that stuff anyway. So it this really like vibed with like my age frame and like the game sort of stuff. So uh, it's fun. I think it's like, I don't know, five bucks or less on Steam. It's pretty cheap. Um, and then the first one's free. But uh, the only fact I've got for this one is there's a sequel that's supposed to come out uh, maybe this year, maybe maybe early next year. But it's uh, Emily is Away Heart. So it's like a, the three with the less than sign. Um, <laughs> uh but Emily's Way Heart, and I guess it's supposed to be Facebook, like early Facebook. 
when you got on, like, back then. So I'm interested to see what it will be like seeing the upgrade from, like, AIM chat to, okay, what the early Facebook and how you were using it and friend statuses. And I, I assume you'll yeah. still have chat and stuff, but uh, I'm excited to see what that will be like. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm really into these kind of games. Like I I found a sort of a few on my phone that are the very because it's it's very much having I don't know what you describe it's almost like a user interface game, isn't it? Um, but I've actually just not gonna lie to you. I've just gone on Steam and I've just downloaded the first one. Nice. Um, it shouldn't affect my down my sound or anything. Um, just despite <laughs> the fact that I'm heavily downloading it. Um, yeah, I I really like these games. So that's uh, I'm really glad you mentioned it because it's been on my list a long time to play and I had no idea the first one was free. So. Um, I'll definitely probably check the second one up too and then the next one coming soon yeah because it just sounds cool and I like the idea of sort of deep diving back into the old messenger days and just sort of feeling feeling that nostalgia hit yeah same mm-hmm. awesome do you have any sort of facts about this one I don't know if there would be really with ones like this yeah I felt like this one was so small it was like it's made by a guy yeah. named Kyle Seeley that's all I really know nice. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate the mention yeah yeah <laughs> so can we move on to my number two? Is it two? I guess it's your, yeah, yeah your two. Yeah, yeah right. your two. So this one, Steph, you're going to have to help me out with this one as well, because I know this is one that you like and have played. Okay. Uh, but I'm still currently playing it. I will get through it eventually, but that is Undertale, which we have spoken mm. a lot about on the podcast. Have you played Undertale, Dan? I haven't, but I hear it's uh, good. It sounds like a game I would like. Yeah, it's one that I hadn't played for a really long time and everyone else seemed to be in on it and I didn't quite know what was going on or what it was about, but I recently started playing it this year. So it's a role-playing game created by indie developer Toby Fox. It was released in 2015 and you effectively control a child who has fallen into a weird underground land under the surface of Earth, which seems to be like separated by some sort of magic barrier. You meet various monsters and nice some nice people on your journey back to the surface uh you also get to fight with monsters but it's not what you'd expect often the fights are kind of like turn-based battles where you're it's like a mini game effectively i guess where you yeah. sometimes where you like avoid things flying at your face or i don't know it's it's weird but i, I quite enjoyed that because i don't always like standard turn-based combat so that was fun to play these weird like mini games and you can often sort of opt to pacify or subdue monsters instead of like having to fight them. So it kind of creates this awesome sort of like level dynamic to it. Um, and all your choices affect the game with dialogue characters and story and things. But yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure where I am or how long I've got left in it, but it's just one that I pick up every now and again and play. It's not too heavy. Um, but Steph, you this is one that you rate highly as well, I'm assuming. Yes, I've uh, played and finished it. Um, and I do really enjoy this game. It's a really, like you said, it's a really interesting take on a game. I can't quite describe, like you said, it's it's the interactions and stuff with the characters is always feels really interesting um, in the conversations and stuff. And like you said, you can pacify, uh, you can do it the whole game and not kill anybody. Um, yes. Or you can kill everybody you meet, like you can play it either way, or a weird <laughs> mixture hybrid of the two. And then I think, yeah, you get different endings depending on which one of those you do. Um, yeah. The first time I played it, I tried to do the pacifist route the whole way through, um, and I did not succeed. Because um, there are some fights, it's really difficult, and I didn't want to Google anything on my first right way around. It's mm. really difficult to not fight them, like they push you to do it. Um, so I didn't quite succeed on that one, but... Uh, 
yeah um i would yeah. like to replay it it's not a particularly long game it's like you said i think it's just one of those games you kind of can easily drop in and out of um and the music is fantastic like i have the soundtrack on a lot of different uh playlists that i have and so many people cover it which is great i was gonna say like i'm really enjoying it i think the moment my issue is is i i have these sort of like set games on my switch and i'm it's almost like i've got sort of a bit of an attention problem i i can't seem to ever play something like all at once i just seem to dip in and out of all my different games and this is one of them that i sort of have a phases of sort of dipping into and dipping out of which i hate that i'm like this this is why i have so many <laughs> unfinished games in my backlog but every time i do dive into it i i really enjoy it and i think yeah the humor as you said like the, the sort of witty aspect of it is is really really cool but also like the pacifist thing i really struggled at first i wasn't trying to be a pacifist i was just trying to get through and i didn't realize that effectively i can kill people that i like and that i didn't really want to kill and so i remember the first time that i sort of had a battle with someone that i was like oh like you're helping me but then for some reason i was fighting them i was like what and then i killed them and i was like no i don't i didn't want to kill them i just thought i had to because you know sometimes in games you put against like someone and then they often die and then come back to life and then they continue on like you can't actually kill them but i actually killed this person so i was like fuck so i turned the switch off turned it back on again and then the game just got super fucking meta i knew exactly what i'd done and knew exactly <laughs> that i'd gone back in time and that is one of the cool things about undertale is the fact that it's meta wow. and it's quite creepy yes there is a few meta things that will happen to you um and it really confuses you but it's great that's yeah. cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I might I might have missed this when you said it. Is it um, is it sort of like Pokemon battling? Is that how it would be like fighting someone, or is it not like that? Yeah, it's I think hard. that's probably a good yeah. description. That's probably the closest thing I can think to how it works. Like it is like a you have four text options, yeah, and then okay. you select one of them and then do a thing. Yeah, I the only yeah. What I was thinking about in the mini games is generally yeah, you do have like you have like attack and then you almost have like the chat options so you can maybe compliment you can kind of you can like compliment someone or you can flirt with someone sometimes it's like an attack uh... method. Well, I say attack it's more like a, a subdue method. Um, you can use items in battle, but then the mini game aspect comes in when like say you're being attacked by the enemy, you'll be like you'll get a little box that will come up and say you're like a circular dot in the middle. You then have to avoid like these little things coming at you if that makes sense so it's okay. really unique um but i yeah the pokemon reference is probably quite accurate in regards to the basis of the of like the fighting okay interesting that yeah that is interesting with the like if they're trying to fight you and then they're like okay if i try to subdue them i guess through like niceness or flirting or whatever that's interesting because you know obviously I, get, I would assume that like the combos aren't the same for everyone so it's like this person if you really flirt with them they'll be into it but like <laughs> yeah. someone else will just kill you probably or something. yeah it's, it's really interesting and sometimes i find that this game is almost like a little bit of a strange parody off of a lot of games like things like pokemon and sort of old school yeah. rpgs in the sense that you, you think that it's going to be a certain way and then it's not and you get like a really weird option to do something in a battle like smell someone or something it's really bizarre <laughs> yeah i feel like every battle is almost unique like you said like you yes. can flirt with one person but then you'll not even get the flirt option for somebody else like you'll have to do a totally different thing uh and like the that kind of option is literally chatting so you're kind of almost doing something in response so they might say oh but i really like um how i don't know terrible example 
flowers and you can say something about flowers to them or something stupid like it can get really weird and in depth um for certain characters and even things like like you said i think there's a lot in what the characters say that's like little um like you said little parodies of other games and even things like uh sans sans and uh, papyrus are two papyrus, yeah. two of the characters and their uh when they talk the fonts that they use are sans has comic sans and papyrus <laughs> is papyrus font so it's just like <laughs> like yeah. the weird little things that they put in all of these things are just like tiny details but they just make them so so much fun that's it is cool. cool um so i do have some facts and it sort of leads into what I was saying about like where they take inspiration from. Um, apparently, so Fox developed the entirety of the game by himself, including the script and the music, but also took inspiration from several sources, including the Brandish, Mario Luigi, and Mother role-playing series, Bullet Hell Shooter series, Two Project, and role-playing game Moon, remix RPG adventure, but also British comedy show, Mr. Bean. I don't know if you've ever heard of Mr. Bean, Dan. I have not. <laughs> Um, Mr. Bean is great. I can't figure out where Mr. Bean comes into Undertale, though. No. Like, so Mr. Bean is, um, completely, uh, wordless, like, um... He's a bit of an alien. Yeah, the idea is that he's... And he gets into really stupid situations, but, like, nobody really talks, so you can understand it. It's, like, really popular in, like, other languages, because it never needs to be translated. Um, and it's just this guy getting into weird situations that you just wouldn't get oh yeah it's it's difficult to explain mr bean yeah also I, is, again no idea why that would come into undertale and it's odd as well because toby fox the oh developer, okay i do know this yeah. i do know who this is oh, okay i'm sorry i i just looked up mr bean i know this okay <laughs> cool yeah rowan atkinson um love mr bean um yeah toby fox is american so i'm not sure you know, I kind of expect it from a, a British developer, but the fact that Mr. Bean, and he's American, I mean, if he found Mr. Bean in his own way, then... Well, no, but so this is what I mean. Mr. Bean is, like, super popular all over the world because they never need to translate it. So yeah, it's something that I genuinely, mm. like, a lot of a lot of countries know Mr. Bean uh, as much as we do in, in the UK. Love Bean. Love him. Yeah. Love <laughs> anyway... Apparently has some kind of influence. Won't question it. Um, and another fact that I've got is apparently the game's dialogue system was inspired by Shin Megami Tensei in uh, 1992. But yeah, just particularly the gameplay mechanic where the players can talk to monsters to avoid conflict instead, which is a really interesting, interesting dynamic. Um, and another thing as well, which actually I wish I'd got the sound file for now, but maybe I'll send it to you, Stefan, both so you can put it in. So there's a flower boss towards the end. And apparently, because there's not very many voice files in this game, it doesn't seem to be a thing that, that happens. But apparently the flower's voice acting um, actually comes from a 1965 McDonald's commercial by which has Ronald McDonald in it. And there's a sample that they use, which is like from a bit of monologue from this from this commercial. And I think it's Ronald just saying, that's a wonderful idea, which apparently is quite scary anyway, but they edited it to be like super creepy. And so there's <laughs> this one part when you're fighting the boss where I think it might have to be a particular set of circumstances for them to say it, but apparently it's absolutely terrifying. So I might find it. That sounds but, terrifying. And the flower um, is like horrifying. Like when you meet the flower properly, Nikki, you won't like him. 
I think I've come across the flower a little bit. You do, uh, yeah. You meet him really early in the game, um, but you don't see him properly for a while until the end. Yeah. But <laughs> apparently, yeah, apparently that voice line is just terrifying. And it sounds terrifying. Anything about Ronald McDonald, to be honest, scares me anyway. So. Fair. <laughs> um, and a nice fact to avoid that scariness is that apparently if the player attempts to buy a hot dog from Sands while their inventory is full, he will place a hot dog on the player's head and will continue stacking hot dogs on the player's head until they have a stack of 29 hot dogs upon their head. That's amazing. <laughs> it was funny and irrelevant, but there you go. <laughs> that's awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's a good number two. Yes, that was my number yeah. two, Undertale. Nice. Dan, your number two. Okay. Uh, my number two is Oxenfree. Uh, oh, so nice. This game is like a, I would say sort of a coming of age sci-fi style game. I kind of feel like if someone like liked Stranger Things, they'd probably like this. It's kind of got similar vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, so premise of the game is that you're uh, a senior in high school, I think, girl named Alex. You go to this island with some friends to kind of have a bonfire on the beach, and then, like, uh, creepiness ensues, and you deal with that through the game. And it's it's pretty enjoyable. It's a, it's a fun uh, little spooky story, I guess. Have you both played this? Yes. yes. Okay. I love Oxen Free. It's actually in my honorable mentions. Um, it's a very good game. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so th I guess that's what the game is. I guess when it would come to a couple facts. Uh, first one is the people who created uh, Night School Studios, who is who made Oxen Free. Uh, I forget their names, unfortunately, so sorry, guys. But uh, <laughs> one of them uh, used to work at Telltale Games, and then the other one uh, used to work for Disney. And I think that they both kind of, in Disney's like animation department cool. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so then they like came together and made their own studio. And so it's kind of cool that it's got some of, uh, I would say the good pieces from each of those places. Like I would say it's pretty similar in your like telltale dialogue, except something that's cool is that if you don't say any, if you're not fast enough, the conversation goes away, you like miss it. Um, so not like, I don't know, your Telltale's games or whatever, where it's like, it sits there statically and you can decide these ones instead. It's like real yeah. life, I, I guess. It really stressed like... me out when I mm? first played it and I noticed it was happening because I love to listen to like every piece of information. And then I realized mm. I was like accidentally getting rid of it. And I was like, no. So yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, cool, like uh, quiet mechanic. Like you didn't know about it until it happened to you and you're like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta pick faster. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so th yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, just kind of background on that. And then also, uh, they've used like a lot of people who did voices for Telltale games. They've used them again here. So like Alex is done by Aaron Yvette, who did like Snow White and The Wolf Among Us and has been in some other Telltale stuff. So kind of cool, like just that connection that they have there of taking some of the cool things from Telltale, but then sort of expanding on it in their own way. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. And then the last fact I have is uh, more of a personal one, but this is the first game we actually covered on our podcast. So kind of fun nice. uh, place in our history, I guess. <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah, I, I love this game as well. Similar to uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. It's one of those ones that sort of sticks with me a bit. And this one, I had remember when I first played it, like I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into. I thought it was going to be like kind of like a teenagery coming of age thing where I just kind of exist in this kind of world with my friends. And so I like the kind of, as you said about Stranger Things turn that it kind of takes. It's, mm-hmm. It does it really, really, really well. Um, I really like how they take it. Nice. Yeah, I only played this really from a recommendation, I think, uh, from you, Nikki, because I think it mm. appeared in one of one of your lists uh, a, a while back. Um, and I know how much you enjoyed it. Um, so I checked it out and it was it was really good and a really interesting take on doing something that's a little bit horror-y without yes. being like, I guess, a full scale horror game. It was my yeah, kind of horror game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like spooky without being like gross or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was good. Cool. Uh, Yeah, that's my number two. Nice. Okay, then. I guess, so before we unveil our number ones, uh, do we want to mention some honourable things? Yeah. Um, I've got a few. Shall I go first, or do you want to go, Steph? No, you go for it. So one of my top top honorable mentions is I was going to say recommendations. I suppose it is a recommendation. Is a game called Tacoma, which is all which is it's kind of like a space walking sim, which is amazing, and it's on Xbox Game Pass, and I can't recommend it enough. Um, Hellblade is also a great game. I've spoken about before. On top of Goose Game too. Firewatch, Night in the Woods, and also a game that I didn't realize was also an indie game, which is very popular right now, is Fall Guys. I can't mm. can't deny my love for the beans. Yeah, all good beans. <laughs> Good and beat. considering it is from like just an indie small studio, like it's done incredibly. So I just thought I'd mention it. Yeah, it's a UK, uh, UK-based studio, Mediatonic. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's my own mentions. Nice, Dan. Have you got any? Uh, I've got three. I've got uh, Kind Words, uh, chill lo-fi beats to write to, which is nice. uh, a fun little game. And then uh, where you write letters to people. Uh, real people, so that's kind of fun. Uh, then I've got Bury Me, My Love, which is like a uh, a refugee, like escaping uh, from Syria, and they're texting with their husband on the way to their journey, like trying to leave, and kind of it's kind of wild, um, nice. for sure. And it's a, a mobile game. And then uh, last one I have is After Party, which is the next game from the Oxen Free People, where uh, you. Yes. Um, Party your way out of hell, and it's pretty fun, and there's a lot of fun voice actors. (laughs) Cool. You got any stuff? Nice. Um, Yeah, I've got um, a couple. I'm going to mention Papers, Please, Glory to Astoria. Um, I love Mm. that game, and stamping things. (laughs) Um, I'm All Well, which is a game similar to the um, one we were talking about earlier with uh, Ellie, which is like a... um, one where you're using like media and stuff, social media to spy on somebody. Um, mm. It's a very interesting game. Uh, Flame in the Flood, uh, which is made by a bunch of old Bioshock devs and it's got a great soundtrack. Uh, and the nice. Stanley Parable, which is one of my favorite old original indie games, which is hilarious yes. and weird. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that's, um, that is all the honorable mentions. I guess that means that it's time to talk about our number one, Nikki. Yes, so our combined joint number one is a game that we've spoken about too much already, and we have a whole episode dedicated to it, which is Stardew Valley. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know how much we're going to get into our Stardew, because we have done a whole <laughs> part series on, on all of the Stardew. Um, it's a farming yeah. game. It is a farming game. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you want to explain more about this farming game, Nikki? Uh, to give a bit of a lowdown, you Just take control of a farmer who wants to get out of the hustle and bustle of the city, and you take on your deceased grandfather's farm. It's very much like a Harvest Moon game if you've ever played one of them. You get to raise livestock, grow crops, generally live. You can marry, you can have some kids, you can play online now, which is fun. Um, as I said, we've done a whole two-part episode on it. We've mentioned it a lot. We love it. I'm very excited for the updates to come. Um, I don't really have any more facts than that. Oh, I suppose, actually, we should mention, because this is our number one and it's obviously an indie game, it was developed by one person, which was um, Eric Barone. It was published by Chucklefish initially, but he developed the game over, like, four years by himself, which was incredible. I still cannot work out how that one man made everything in Stardew. I think the thing that blows my mind the most is I know there are like people who are very talented and coders who are also artists. Like I kind of almost get that you could build a game by yourself, but it's things like the fact that he did all the music and stuff in there as well. Oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah. It's like, I don't understand how you have that many skills. Talented man. It's not fair. Yeah, really wild. Have either of you um, read the book Blood, Sweat, and Pixels? No, I no, I've had it in like a wish list on my Amazon thing for ages. <laughs> it the the book like does like uh, I don't know ten chapters each chapter or yeah ten chapters each chapter is like a look at how a game was made. But there's one chapter about Stardew. In it. Oh, cool! And and so it like just goes with what his journey was like making this game and all mm. of that. And it's pretty cool. Like, uh, yeah, what a talented person he's. I'm I'm like in awe. I haven't even played the game, but like I'm in awe yeah. of that it's created. I'm like I'm so impressed. Like you did all of this stuff. Like and and it's good. Like it'd be impressive if you made an okay game by yourself. <laughs> it's yeah. really impressive that you made a game so many people love by yourself. I mean, apparently it sold over 10 million copies by like this year. So it's done That's fantastically. Incredible. This is That's crazy. Amazing. Yeah, and like he still working on some little bits like i think there's a new update coming out fairly soon um it's gonna add some bananas and some other stuff yeah, banana trees um and he's still i think he works with a couple of people now but he's still not working with like loads of people if you know what i mean he's not i think he's developed... gone back to being a bit solo again yeah he I was think. having a few people i think they just help him with some of the porting stuff for mm. all the different um like all the different things that it's on now. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's crazy that he's still like, no, I'm just working as myself. It's also like his first real game. Like, it's not like he, right. I feel like he was doing this for years and years and then he's I feel like he doesn't need anything else now, to be fair. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like he's pretty good now, just like Stardew, like that's, you know, it can just be like an ongoing thing. Um, but actually that brings me to, I don't really have any facts because we've spoken about this game a lot, but I do yeah. have some insider information. Ooh. about a Saudi Valley 2, which, uh, to quote Eric Brown, he says, I'm not willing to commit to Saudi Valley 1.6 update yet, because obviously we're just on 1.5, it's just going to come out soon. He he said, I will say that I definitely love Saudi Valley. I love it as a world and a universe. I don't think update 1.5 will be the end of Saudi Valley. I would not be surprised if there's another Saudi Valley update or multiple updates or a Saudi Valley 2. Who knows? He's teasing us. Um, <laughs> he says that he's going to decide what to do after update 1.5. And decide what the next step is but he says that he's working on a couple of new projects solo projects so he has lots to do but um yeah so there could be a Saudi Valley 2 in the future or just just more stuff but it seems in the next update there's going to be quite a lot of new stuff like a new area or a new environment potentially obviously we get banana trees apparently we're going to get ducks 
but also being able to move furniture outside is I think something that's coming soon because obviously like with things like Animal Crossing mm. being able to kind of create these outside areas Sardi Valley doesn't really have that properly with like furniture so that would be quite exciting oh yeah that's a cool one I also know that there is going to be a door appearing in Willie's shop yes who knows where that, that door leads yeah <laughs> into <laughs> Willie's sordid back room yeah i don't know if i want to know what's going on back there <laughs> it's just him and his dog in that place yeah i guess we'll find that soon <laughs> yeah Steph, uh, i don't know if you have any more to sorry go no on. i didn't even bother looking at facts because i feel like we've exhausted so many stardew valley facts that i was just like people don't need any more stardew valley facts in their life um from us so, uh, but yeah, it's just a great game. It's worth checking out things. I think the only fact I have is that I've pretty much done all of the Stardew Valley achievements. I've almost done everything I could possibly do in that game. Um, oh, wow. A fact I'm quite proud of. Uh, <laughs> I know I've spent many, many hours. However, they keep adding stuff. So I will once again need to go to work on the farm. Uh, but it tends to be my game that I play while I'm uh, my work, like lunch. So my hour instead of eating and not looking at a screen, I, in fact, play Stardew. <laughs> are you, are, do you play on Switch, then? Uh, no, so I play on computer. It's like, okay. the for some reason, that's like the PC one. I don't know what it is about it. I've tried to play it. I think we own it on Switch here, but I, I just can't get around using a controller for it because I'm so used to using a mouse and keyboard now mm. for it. It's a okay. weird, weird thing that's ingrained in me now. Yeah, I think my issue was the fact that I... I originally had it on PS4 and I did so much and like that was where like my OG save was and then I wanted mm. it on the Switch because it's such a perfect game to me on the Switch because I like to be able to just like be anywhere like, on the sofa and just play it handheld. Yeah, um, right. So now I have these like two saves and it's a bit like, oh, I have like better trophies on the other one, but oh, I don't know. It's a stupid problem for, you know. <laughs> for no, well problems. <laughs> no, that, that's fair though. That makes sense. Uh <laughs> Okay, other question I would have about this, uh, which I guess would just be personal opinion, but if I were to either, which I guess I know the answer since it's your one, but if I were to either buy Spirit Fair, Spirit Fair or Stardew Valley, which one would you recommend? Oh, that's difficult Sorry. though, because it's like, I mean, you have a better idea of Spirit Fair. I mean, I followed the development of it, but I have not played it. I but... would say, I was going to say it depends on how much investment you want. If you want to be quite invested in a game and get quite addicted and not really want to stop playing it, get Stardew. If you want a low investment kind of game that you can pop into every now and again, Spiritfarer. Both are good, but okay. it depends on how much investment you want. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a good way to think about that. That's helpful. Because, I, you know, with Spiritfarer, the part that has me, it's good to know it, it can be lower investment, but the part that has me a little cautious is like, I don't know if I'm ready right now to get into an Animal Crossing situation where it's like, I'm only playing this for, you know, six weeks or something like that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, um, Stardew has that, I think. Stardew okay. will have that effect on your life as well. Okay, that that's good to know. So I guess when I pull the trigger for that, it's when I'm ready for ready to do that and be like, okay, oh, yeah. this is probably going to be the game for a while. Um, <laughs> are, you, yeah. are you ready to become a farmer? Because this right. is going to be your new life. <laughs> awesome okay cool good to know nice um yeah i guess so that's now our, our number one if you want to know more about it you can go visit gossip corner and our two-part episode <laughs> <laughs> uh 
I really love that drop. That's so funny. Worth <laughs> <laughs> it just for the drop. Yeah, it, it's so great. Especially in, I feel like maybe in the second episode, it just came up so much. So Leah just had to keep coming up. <laughs> yeah. It was like gossip corner. Like, come on. <laughs> so great. I really love that. It's so funny. Just any excuse to play that drop. I think we even redid it and used it for a different episode. Uh, just <laughs> terribly put over. If we didn't, we should. Yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> this is so funny. It was really great. Um... <laughs> awesome. Cool. Uh, go to my number one. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Perfect. Uh, so my my number one got mentioned actually in the honorable mention. So I'm uh, avoided beetle narrowly. Yeah. I would say. Um, <laughs> my number one is Night in the Woods. Um, so oh, nice. Yeah, it's such a uh, yeah really great game. So if, if people haven't played it, it is a I would say sort of a walking sim style, but it's a bit different. It's um I don't know two D or whatever. You are it's a a bunch of animals that are like people so you know your main character is a girl named may who went to college but then dropped out and comes back to her hometown and uh i don't know kind of all of the difficulties that would come with that time frame is really what the game is uh i would say things i really like about this thing game is i think it's like the perfect like autumn game like as it's getting cool out and all of that like it feels really like how it feels right now or is gonna feel in a few weeks um nice. so i really like that uh i really like the soundtrack to this game really good stuff uh i yeah last year on my spotify the soundtrack for this game was like in my top five <laughs> for their like year in review thing they were like yeah. you just listen to this all the time <laughs> it's like all right cool <laughs> thanks spotify <laughs> um so yeah really awesome game um yeah, I, I, I obviously, Nikki's played it. Have you played this two stuff? I have not. It's in a list. And I think I even, I bought it because it was a part of the, like, bundle for racial injustice on uh, Itch.io a while back. Um, yep. So I finally got it. Uh, and I just I just need to start it. But now knowing that it's a very good time to start that game, I might bump yes. it up my list. Yeah. It's definitely, it's a good autumn game. And it's one of those ones that has a lovely soundtrack and kind of like lovely, like, atmosphere to it. And just mm-hmm. general presence. I think I actually might have had this in my soothing games, I think. Um, it does have like a kind of supernatural kind of aspect. To it. Well, I say supernatural, like a dark kind of aspect to it too. But generally, I think it's a really nice one, like just to chat to people and just kind of go mm-hmm. through her life with her and everything. It's Yeah, it's a really, it's a good one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, actually, and uh, Steph, as you mentioned, being on the... Uh, HIO racial justice equality bundle that's part of one of my facts so I'll, I'll just give that so uh-huh. <laughs> this is a part of that bundle uh so if I don't know I imagine a lot of people bought that bundle I don't know in May or whatever yeah uh this game was on that also actually Oxenfree was too so uh <laughs> if you're someone who bought that bundle but haven't played those games uh now you have them uh, <laughs> you can find so, them somewhere in that list uh, of thousands of games yeah, that list was a bit to go through. Like, uh, to, <laughs> I had to go through and like just write everything down I was maybe interested in, so I could go back and search later. I might have uh, to do that. It's so... <laughs> yeah, it, it it was like a not my most fun half an hour, but I was like, this will be worth it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to have a list. Good plan. Um, but it, yeah, it's on there. Also, it just got added to Game Pass uh, in the last couple days. 
So oh, cool. if you if you are an Xbox Game Pass person, it's also available there. So this game is pretty available if you want it. So uh, hopefully you have one of those things if you're looking for it. So uh, that's one of my facts. The uh, other fact I have is this was actually a Kickstarter project originally. And um, it got over like $200,000 in backing in its like, I don't know, month period or whatever it was open for. And so that that's kind of cool. I don't know if I've played any games that were former Kickstarter games that are now as like widely released as this is. Um, pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that it's managed to do so well from from being on one of those on a Kickstarter. Not that Kickstarter doesn't do so well, but I didn't even realize it was from that. Like it's no, just everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To be everywhere, it's like it's you know it's on Switch main consoles everything like that's that's pretty crazy to go from like you know when they started this they're just people trying to probably get a pc game made on kickstarter and that's it and then it's like to get that popular is pretty cool um yeah i've never yeah i've never bought a kickstarter game otherwise though like i haven't backed anyone before yet but no i don't think i have be cool to um, do though i guess I'm really tempted to replay it at the moment, actually, because I think it has multiple endings or like different ways that it can kind of come to a conclusion. Because mm-hmm. my conclusion that I had when I recently finished it was a bit was a bit odd, and so I think I quite like that that it also has that kind of replayability with it because you can do different things throughout the game as well. If I'm right, because I think I took a weird path that not many people did. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I think you can choose who you spend more time with, kind yeah. of thing, and that will affect like some of your scenes, like. You can't always do both kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about replaying it too, just because of like being a fall time game. I'm like, maybe I'm going to spend October playing this, like spend some time doing that because it's pretty fun. And like yeah. get to do choices I didn't do before. Like I spent a lot of time with one character, so maybe I'd go spend time with the other one or something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's, it's really good that it has that playability, replayability with it. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm uh, very excited to try it. Awesome. Cool. I feel like we've spoken about some amazing games in this in this top five. I know. Top ten, should I say? I guess people Sorry, are going to go and uh, buy a lot of things now. I know yes. I'm going to go look at things. Well, <laughs> like, fine. It's becoming it's becoming like winter. It's the time for playing more stuff anyway. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're all going back into lockdown over here, so it'll be fine. Things yeah. take our time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah, good. We'll... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Good time to have a bunch of indie games to play and uh, hopefully on your Switch and just lay on your bed and play games. Perfect. <laughs> sounds great. Sounds <laughs> yeah, sounds perfect. Awesome. awesome. Well, I guess that was our total list, unless you've got facts, Dan. Uh, nope, that, that's everything I've got, too. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us again, Dan. It was uh, super fun. Um, we cannot recommend Dan's podcast enough. We always have really uh, a lot of fun guesting on there. Um, and if you like story games, um, Dan and I are always really insightful and fun with the way that they talk about stuff. Probably a little bit more organized than we are here. So that's always a bonus, I feel like. Um, <laughs> so yeah, please check it out. Dan, where can they find all of your stuff? Yeah. Uh, our website's thegreatestoryeverplayed.com. That's got a list of like all our back episodes. You can also just get us wherever you get your podcast. Um, and yeah, uh, Steph and Nikki came on for Beyond Two Souls uh, a couple months ago, pretty recently. 
And then a year ago, we talked about Vanishing of Ethan Carter. So if you want uh, more of all of us talking together, those are definitely there. And uh, yeah, a bunch of other games too. Nice. Uh, And Nikki, if they want to list about more of us. You can just go to gametill5.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Patreon if you want to go check that out. You want more stuff from us. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. Well, that's a lovely simple ending. And I'm yes. going to try and end this <laughs> faster than I normally do. So thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya.